Hello and welcome to the Radical News Radio Hour. My name is Serene Saade and I am the producer and your host for this episode. Um, it is February 1st and we are well into our way at the Minnesota State Legislature. Um, just a reminder, over the next five months through the end of May, we're going to be publishing every week or as many weeks as I can keep my head above water with how fast session is going this year. And our focus will primarily be on the work happening out of the legislature during the 2023 session, um, though we're always going to take a moment to think and talk and provide context related to what's happening in St. Paul, Minneapolis, Minnesota as a whole, and even across the country. Um, for today's episode, we're actually talking with organizers around the ERA amendment, both the state ERA and the federal ERA. Super excited for this episode um, and the conversation as we try and just inform you about some of the movements that are growing out of the Capitol. Um, so thank you for listening and tune in. I'm Betty Folliard. I'm a former state representative. I worked uh, as a congressional aide. I've been a business owner and since 2014, I've been the founder of ERA Minnesota. Mm -hmm. ERA Minnesota, that's eramn.org. And uh, we are working to embed an equal rights amendment both into our state constitution and our federal constitution. We are an activist organization that partners with many, many other organizations, entities mm -hmm. uh, to make this come true. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're getting darn close right now. Thank you. Yes, and I'm Suzanne Wilhite. I'm the current president of our volunteer organization, ERA Minnesota. And we're a band of hardy volunteers who are trying to make big change, um, both with the state and a federal equal rights amendment. Mm -hmm. And I come to this as a retired state employee of many mm -hmm. years, and um, I realized I'm very passionate around equality and fairness. Part mm -hmm. of that's how I grew up with my mother, being fair, and I realized there's a lot that isn't fair and yeah. equal. And I just believe in an equal opportunity for people and that should be part of our legal system. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. You know, it is, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but it is amazing to me that obviously that there's no federal ERA, that it's not been ratified, but also that Minnesota, in all of the ways that we tout being a progressive state, has not also ratified, if that's the language, such an amendment. It just feels... Um, it just, it feels so incredible to me in the worst ways. You're, you're right. Yeah. I hear that all the time on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, the fact is that the federal ERA is ratified. Mm -hmm. We have now uh, achieved the 38 states that make up the three quarters of states that were required mm -hmm. to ratify. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we are now waiting on both uh, litigation to tell the archivist to publish it and legislation out of the U.S. Senate to advance the ERA to uh, basically negate that 1982 mm -hmm. um, time limit. It was an arbitrary time limit that was put on women's rights. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense in some ways because, you know, you don't put our uh, time limits on other things, but women's rights should only have 10 years to pass in some 
men's views yeah. on that. But uh, yeah, so we are uh, uh, fully ratified. The Equal Rights Amendment truly is the 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And that's what our litigation at the federal level right now is saying. And behind us, we have over 250 women's rights organizations and justice organizations, along with 86 major corporations, including Amazon and Google and the NFL. Wow. I mean, it's kind of extraordinary. Uh, and then we have uh, 20 attorneys general on, on our litigation and many, many others, uh, the Conference of Cities and wonderful, wonderful um, top legal scholars in the country. Wow. But we also, the federal Equal Rights Amendment came past Congress 1972, Minnesota ratified in 1973. There were a whole slew of states that came in immediately. Matter of fact, Hawaii was the one that got to do it the same day because of the time mm -hmm. difference. And so that was a, an honor for them, but it stalled before mm -hmm. it reached that 38. But yeah. Minnesota ratified as soon as we could. So that's something to remember, like, oh, we did that. Mm -hmm. We thought it would pass. We thought we'd have a federal equal rights amendment. So 28 other states now. 27, yeah. 27 have an equal rights amendment in their constitution. Some, as early um, with California, Wyoming, they had them when they came in as a state. Right, you just flipped over to the state, because now yeah. if we, if we yeah. focus on just the state ERA, we are in a minority of states that don't have a state yeah. equal rights amendment in our const state constitution. And uh, the, the 28 number comes from mm -hmm. a couple things. It's the 28th Amendment at the federal level, but also New York is going to become the 28th state in the nation this year to uh, embed an equal rights amendment into their state ERA. Wow. And so now we'll be one of 22 states that still don't have a state ERA. So we have that language. Mm -hmm. We're putting it forward here in this session. Mm -hmm. uh, and the bill for our state ERA, we've got companion bills. So SF37 in the Senate. That's Senator H Kunish, right? Yes, that's mm -hmm. Senator Kunish. Mm -hmm. And uh, HF173, that's Sen uh, Representative Her, mm -hmm. Kali Her. And uh, so we're putting forward that. We have our hearing requests in already. Mm -hmm. We are now waiting for the hearing dates and uh, we will be bringing a critical mass of people over to support those bills. Mm -hmm. And that's where the activists come in. Mm -hmm. Yes, but the wonderful news I find is that we um, changed our Equal Rights Amendment language for the state ERA based on what Nevada passed 2022. Mm -hmm. They put an equal rights amendment that is more inclusive, more inclusive than previous um, amendments. And I'll read it to you because it's important that people understand. This is the proposed Minnesota State Equal Rights mm -hmm. Amendment. Equality under the law shall not be abridged or denied by this state or any of its cities, counties, or other political subdivisions on account of race, color, creed, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, age, disability, ancestry, or national origin. Okay. We pretty much want to get everybody. If you can't find yourself in there, maybe yeah. three times, 
you're probably not a person. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question then. So mm-hmm. amendments would require a two-thirds majority of the Senate in Minnesota? No, not in Minnesota. I'm not understanding. The, yeah, the, because at the federal level, you know, yeah. it was two-thirds of, of Congress and yeah. three-quarters of the states. We yeah. have achieved that. Yeah. Um, at the state level, it's, it's a majority okay. in the House and in the Senate, but the process is important to know because yeah. the process is we are uh, putting forward a ballot initiative. This amendment is a ballot initiative, so it passes through the House and Senate. Mm-hmm. It does not need to be signed by the governor, although yeah. Governor Walls totally supports the Equal Rights Amendment. Yeah. And then that language, this language goes directly onto the general election ballot. Yeah. And what we're asking yeah. the legislature to do is to pass it in 2023 for a couple of, uh, several reasons. but yeah, the, the 2024 ballot. So that we have 18 months to go around the state and talk to people yeah. and educate them because Minnesota is unique in that the ballot initiative, although it only needs a simple majority, yeah. it's a simple majority of the number of voters who vote. Yeah. So, so and anybody who doesn't mark that part of the ballot, yeah. it becomes a no vote. Yeah. So it's a higher bar line to actually get to yes yeah. in Minnesota. So we need to have those conversations all across the state yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. So it's a similar process to when Minnesota Republicans had introduced legislation around voter ID and same-sex marriage. Cool. Um, but in this case, instead of voting no, people supportive of this would be voting yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that I'm glad you bring that up because I was just in committee Senate Education Finance earlier today, and one of the legislation was around um, providing menstrual products for um, free menstrual products in all Minnesota schools. Um, and there was a big conversation because it didn't specifically lay out female around <laughs> gender identity, how we define this. And I, it was it was an interesting conversation because I think the students who were testifying didn't really care for Senate protocol and how young people are. So they had no problem being like telling the the chief officer, like, I want to speak again, even though testimony is done technically and they're not really it's not common and. They really had no problem making their voices heard, but I just think with something like this, a similar conversation might likely happen around all the different ways we see identity in a state like Minnesota. And, all and the- it's great to have that conversation. Yeah, Because what we're trying to say here is that equality has no qualifiers. Yeah. Equality means all, and all means all. And we've yeah. been saying that all along, but now we're articulating it with the Nevada language. Yeah. You know, that... Uh, it's so important for people to understand that uh, this bill is basically saying, who do you want to discriminate against? Yeah. And what part of equality don't you understand? Yeah. Because, you know, I can I can speak to this from my faith yeah. perspective that, you know, we're all equal in the eyes of God. Not everybody takes that uh, point of view. Mm-hmm. However, I absolutely all my life have believed that we all are equal. That doesn't make us the same. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, there are differences between uh, uh, all of us, and yeah. yet, and yet, we all deserve to have legal equality, mm-hmm. so that when we go in front of the courts, that we're not discriminated against by who we are walking in the door. Yeah. And today, unfortunately, that still happens. Yeah. So let's talk about that. For both of you, what hap- What changes in Minnesota? 
if this um, goes to a ballot and the people vote yes and it's ratified, if I'm using the right language, in Minnesota as an amendment on our own constitution, what changes? What's the, for women, for like an individual woman, what, what, what's her experience like if this happens? Boy, there's so many things that people don't necessarily think about as sex discrimination yeah. or the other types of, of discrimination that may come. Yeah. Age, national origin, we know there, that there's yeah. discrimination. So what remedy do we have? Mm -hmm. And so even me working in state government, I benefited as a white woman from affirmative action. Yeah. Now, but not everyone does. And mm -hmm. this does say specifically this is where you can, um, the laws will be effective in our public sphere. Yeah. We don't force this in terms of religion. And so this is something that with the law is possible, is that at least we want equal opportunities. I think about wage. We know women are not yeah. paid equally, even white women. But with Latino women, with half for the same job and the same work, mm -hmm. really? And then we blame them for poverty and their you know, older age yeah. or that they can't afford to live. Mm -hmm. So to me, wage is huge. Pregnancy discrimination, mm -hmm. we know that's a, a fact. And we're seeing laws um, being proposed with this session around family leave, child mm -hmm. care. I mean, basic housing. I mean, these are all areas where we have discrimination and we can we have it on a lot of these issues that is listed in this amendment. So basically, the Equal Rights Amendment in our Constitution gives us the constitutional underpinnings in our courts. Okay. So that, uh, I mean, that's the whole purpose. It's giving us strict scrutiny. Right now, uh, anything that has to do with women's rights, uh, etc. Uh, are getting what's called intermediate scrutiny yeah. in the courts. So our state courts, all the judges would have to take into account uh -huh. um, that that we get strict scrutiny for discrimination on the basis of sex or gender. Mm -hmm. And the thing that people need to see is that the Equal Rights Amendment is the umbrella all over all the issues. You mm -hmm. mentioned period poverty. Yeah. Period of period poverty, you can't you won't be able to discriminate um, and, and for example, taxing mm -hmm. uh, products for women and girls, you will not be able to discriminate on that basis. Mm -hmm. um, and and I always look at sexual violence because mm -hmm. sexual violence is something, whether whether you are um, a young person, a a, a male, a female, a, a, a non-binary person, whatever, transgender person, sexual violence can set your life back incredibly and yeah. affect your whole life. Yeah. Uh, and and to have that legal scrutiny in the in the law, uh, to help prevent it in the first place, mm -hmm. and second of all, to 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 provide the protections in our courts to um, make sure that uh, perpetrators are adjudicated. You know, right now in America, less than one percent of rapists ever see a night in jail. I mean, yeah. it's just it's pathetic. It's yeah. it's horrific. And we think we're some kind of beacon of light in mm -hmm. the world for the rest of the world. That we are not, and we, we need to, to embed these. But so right now, before this legislature, there's paid family leave. That's something that uh, when you lift up uh, women, you lift up everybody in this, in this community. You lift mm -hmm. up families. Uh, and when you lift up 
um, you know, people of color who are more discriminated against because of all that intersectional mm -hmm. uh, effect of racism, etc., then uh, you're improving the lives of this whole community yeah. and you're affecting in a positive way the economic status yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of our society. Thank you. I really appreciate this. It is amazing. I went to um, a high school in junior high in Minnesota and, and college. I went to St. Kate's. And even as a graduate of an all-women's college, I don't ever remember explicit discussion on anything related to a federal or state ERA. And I was a political science major, so it's saying something if, as a political science major. Um, I didn't learn much about ERAs, actually, until I got into my um, grad school, which right. was in Arizona, so it wasn't even, you know, had nothing to do with Minnesota. Um, it's just amazing to me the things we don't teach. And I will say, I've been a reporter out of the press, co press corps for 13 years, um, and it is... I just think like it's not something, it kind of goes over our head. We get so lost in the minutiae of the legislative session that, yeah. well, you know. The, the nice thing is, Siren, that um, the Equal Rights Amendment was featured yesterday in AP mm -hmm. and in the New York Times. Oh, wonderful. It is a front burner issue. Oh, yeah. Uh, and of course, we were here on the first day of session and we got tons of press from that. I saw some of that. Yeah, it was we got in, in a whole variety of things. Yeah. And uh, so, so we can, but our biggest challenge is that 80% of people think that the Equal Rights Amendment passed last, last uh, century. Yeah. And that, or that we already have those rights. Yeah. And even Antonin Scalia, the former Supreme Court Justice, made it perfectly clear uh, when he said that, that uh, the Constitution doesn't provide yeah. for uh, protections against discrimination on the basis of sex or gender. Yeah. Yeah, he said that was never intended. Well, of course, because it was all white men, and white men with property, yeah. and we were the property. Yeah. And so <laughs> we've been adding in, just as you look at like the federal constitution, when I read We the People, I thought that was me. Yeah. But it's not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had to add in, yeah. you know, Native peoples, Asian, uh, black, and that was black men. And so then finally we get to the 19th Amendment in yeah. the federal constitution that give women the right to vote. Oh, one thing, but not equal rights yeah. in the legal sphere. So the, so the people who actually um, helped to pen the language of the 19th Amendment, one of yeah. them was Alice Paul, yeah. who penned the 20th, I mean what, what was supposed to be the 20th, which was the Equal Rights Amendment in 1921 along with uh, Crystal Eastman from the ACLU, mm -hmm. or it became the ACLU. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and um, it's the same language, because uh, the, the federal language is 24 words, yeah. equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. And it, it mirrors the 19th Amendment, which says voting rights shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Yeah. You hear that, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and the nice thing is that on account of sex, those words at the federal level yeah. have now been um, underscored as meaning everybody. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, pointed out in the Bostock decision, the Bostock versus Clayton County 
decision by the this current U.S. Supreme Court mm -hmm. in 2020 when Title VII came forward and everybody was really worried that uh, trans rights were going to go away, yeah. and and uh, the a, a conservative Supreme Court determined no that 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 in the workplace trans rights are protected, mm -hmm. and that the words on account of sex refer to LGBTQIA, yeah. etc. Um, non-binary individuals. That was written by uh, Supreme Court Justice Gorsuch, yeah. Gorsuch and uh, it, it says it's everybody. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is awesome. I love this. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I uh, not to be too much of a nerd, but I had read Alan Alda's biography, one of his memoirs, and he had talked about organizing for the ERA back in the, when he was on MASH, like way back oh, when. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so, honestly, that was some of the first times I'd ever kind of learned about it outside of, again, in passing, not really a serious lecture discussion. Um, but I'm, I'm sure you've both watched The West Wing at one point or another. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And you're familiar, I'm sure, with the character Ainsley, and she talks about, like, I don't want the law to have to define my own humanity for me. Um, again, specifically speaking out against the ERA, mm -hmm. the, as they talk about it in the show. What... What do you, and I will say this, my mother is one of these women. She doesn't, she doesn't get it. Like, this is not her thing. It's not her value. What do you say to women who don't understand, women and, and people from all over there, all these identities, who don't understand why an ERA is necessary? And, and I will say this, I, I think it's important that mm -hmm. speaking across all of these different lines that people put up around themselves and around their communities is really crucial. And so I am curious to know how you speak across that divide. Right. Well, I do think that people can, um, if they oppose it, they don't need to use it. I mean, the law is there as a protection for people who want to be treated mm -hmm. equally. Mm -hmm. I want the ability in my legal system to be treated equal under the law. Yeah. If you don't and you don't want to exercise that right, you don't have to. Yeah. But I shouldn't be limited by not having that protection because somebody else doesn't yeah, want that. Right. So I think this is what our legal system is based on, a system of laws that say, you know, you have the opportunity to have res address an issue, yeah. remedy in the legal system. You don't want to take that? Yeah. That's your right too, but I yeah. do want to take yeah. it. Yeah, and one thing that I say is because it, it's, it's usually uh, women at the top Mm -hmm. who make that argument, say, I don't need the ERA, look at me, I have already made it. Mm -hmm. And my viewpoint to them is that, yeah, you made it to the top, then you yanked up the ladder so nobody could get up there be behind you. Yeah. But it's also so important to know that, that uh, we do this to put our constitutional rights in where they never have been before. I mean, yeah. uh, we're trying to modernize the uh, state constitution from the 19th century into the 21st century. We're trying to modernize the federal constitution from the 18th century into the 21st wow. century. And in doing so, what we're saying is, too, that yes, you can pass laws, or you might assume that you have those laws, and perhaps there are some laws that protect you, mm -hmm. but the laws are fickle. Yeah. 
They come and go with the prevailing political winds. Yeah. And so you can pass, for example, uh, we support PRO Act, which is being put forward. And, yeah. and we support it. However, we also are cognizant of the fact that in two years, a new legislature could be elected and it could go to uh, the other team, so to speak, and they would take that law out like in a nanosecond. Yeah. So we need those constitutional underpinnings. And that's why we say, you know, work with us from all of these other areas, you know, yeah. battered women, um, the, the menstrual products, the uh, paid uh, leave. And I can tell you that the legislators get it. Yeah. This year, we have a trifecta, mm -hmm. and we have the opportunity to pass this language. We have the opportunity to pass the state ERA, and I just want to reiterate this. The state ERA language is equality of, I'm sorry, equality under the law shall not be abridged or denied by this state or by its cities, counties, or other political subdivisions on account of race, color, creed, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, age, disability, ancestry, or national origin. So we are saying, come together on this. This, mm -hmm. is, this is the umbrella which reaches over all of the issues yeah. and, and will give us the equality that we deserve in our Constitution. So what's happening, let's talk about the organizing um, and what's happening on the state level, out of the state legislature with this legislative session. What's the work look, what's a, what's a day in the life, a week in the life look like right now as you organize? Well, we've got our bills out there. We've got great authors, as Betty mentioned, Senator Kanesh and Representative Kali Herr mm -hmm. um, on our proposed state, state equal rights amendment. We... Um, we are waiting. We are uh, working with advocates, and we have a whole coalition of organizations mm -hmm. that support us. Now, everybody's got their own issues, but we we fit in, as Betty mentioned, in a foundational level. So we're not competing with these other issues, and we support one another. We're, I was just and in a hearing this morning around um, some of the uh, repealing of... Um, some of the laws that are on the books around restricting abortion that mm -hmm. are, were declared unconstitutional. That's something I care about because I want laws, you know, to be in place that um, rise, raise people up. Yeah. Not yes, expand down. rights, not contract <laughs> rights. And you want to know what it's like this week? So uh, we have formed a rapid response team. Mm -hmm. that uh, is notified when issues that, that would be positively affected by the Equal Rights Amendment come mm -hmm. up so that, that our activists can be sitting in committee with identification on. Yeah. Uh, we were in Madison this mm -hmm. weekend to the uh, signature Women's March mm -hmm. uh, and, and got some great press around that. Uh, so we, we fan out. Uh, we are working also at the federal level with our partners, ERA Coalition and ERA, I'm sorry, Equal Means Equal, so that uh, we're focusing as well on the federal ERA. Mm -hmm. And so we do education on that, and we have two bills in the, le the Minnesota legislature right now that are a resolution to Congress to uh, enact the 28th Amendment, the Equal Rights Amendment. Mm -hmm. And those numbers are Senate File 47 and House File 197. Seven, Senate File 47 is Senator Sandy Pappas, and House File 197 
is Representative Kristen Bonner. Mm -hmm. So every, every week, well, here we are being interviewed by the uptake about the Equal Rights Amendment. We are um, fanning out in a whole variety of ways. Mm -hmm. And we're also working towards March 8th. And March 8th is International Women's Day where we will invite everybody to come back to the legislature. We're hoping that by that time we've passed our bills through committees and um, they're ready for House and Senate chambers votes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's kind of a, a highlight where we, we ask all of our allies, and we've got many allied organizations mm -hmm. that we are partnering with right yeah. now. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've got them listed on our website. We also have, I mean, I can just list off the YWCA, National Council of Jewish Women, the League of Women Voters, AAUW. Rise Sisterhood. Rise, who's, got, who's here today. today reviving mm -hmm. Islamic Sisterhood yeah. Empowerment. And so, I did a mini documentary on them once for SPNN, St. Paul Neighborhood Network. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Very, and we have a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Indivisible has been wonderful. Yeah. Just, they, they've really come to the fore this year. Um, and and you were going to say I was going to say, like, one of the reasons we're really optimistic is the ERA federally was introduced in 1923. It is now 2023. Wow. 100 years of waiting. You've seen, you hear about this waves of feminism, another wave. Well, we want to like hit the shore and be done. We should have a federal equal yeah. rights amendment and we want a state equal rights amendment that we can pass in 2023 commemorating we get this done we get it on the ballot in 2024 you bet so i mean that's there's timeliness yeah we we are uh pushing all avenues and we've got uh people can go on our website at eramn.org mm -hmm. and they can sign up they can uh, get activated uh, they can donate there we also have our facebook page which is era minnesota which daily we're sharing all kinds of information yeah. uh including our press releases etc and also we're on twitter and Insta instagram at twitter it's uh era what is it eramn or era minnesota, minnesota at era minnesota uh and lots of ways that people can connect in and help us we also are working with other states, so mm -hmm. I know that you do more national things. Uh, we've got partners in all over. I, I would say there were, uh, Women's March had 46 states activated uh, on Sunday. I don't know how many um, ERA organizations there are today, but uh, the ones that are the most active are the ones that are, are uh, really needing to go the farthest. So North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, you know, some of these places, Utah, that have outstanding folks that we're working with. And we go to D.C. Um, sometimes once a year. Some Well, we were there twice uh, uh, in one year to help to push the, the federal ERA forward. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was just about to ask what people can do, so this is, yeah, this is great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all set to get them signed up and, and activated, but the main thing, the main thing is that they do something for the Equal Rights Amendment. Call their legislators, text, you know, email, 
whatever, uh, write their legislators, write to the governor and say, Governor Walls, we know you love the ERA, so now put it in your state of the state address and uh, free up your human rights commissioner to come and speak yeah. at the, the committee hearings. You know, the commissioners work at, at the pleasure. pleasure of the governor. Yeah. And if it's not a priority in the governor, even though the governor doesn't have to sign it, if it's not a priority in the governor's budget, and, and the cost is nominal, but a, a priority in his priorities, then his commissioners can't help to push this forward. I mean, we have folks like Ed Education Minnesota who are fighting hard for the ERA right now. And the commissioner of education can't speak in, in favor of the Equal Rights Amendment. We have folks like the Minnesota nurses mm -hmm. fighting hard for the Equal Rights Amendment right now. Mm -hmm. And we can't have the, the, the commissioner of health advocating wow. for the Equal Rights Amendment. Why? The governor has the power to let these folks go and do and, and, and get out there and help us make this happen this year. Mm -hmm. And they'll be glad they did because we're going to make history this year. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I also think that we need to reach young people. Mm -hmm. Part of this long history, people, number one, as Betty said, oh, they think it already passed. Didn't that pass in the 70s? My, my mother worked on that. My grandmother worked on that. Mm -hmm. So we have this um, barrier in education to say, no, it didn't happen, number one. It's still there. And we need you to show up and advocate for it, especially mm -hmm. young people. Mm -hmm. And this last election really showed us with young people and women that the votes were there. Now mm -hmm. they need to keep the pressure on to yeah. make it happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Wow. This is, this is <laughs> wonderful. I am so glad we're speaking today. Um, we've already talked about action steps that people can take, but I am curious, is there anything else you want people to know? Anything I haven't asked you yet? I think the only thing I would add is that People think this is controversial. To me, I don't get that because as a human being, I just, I believe in that and uh, so I don't have any opposition to that. But I think that um, all people benefit from this yeah. and it's not a women's issue. It is more affected by women because we've been out of legal mm -hmm. equality, we don't have it, but I think all people benefit, and yeah. that's the part I like, and that I think people need to understand, is mm -hmm. we the people should mean all the people. Thank you. Here, here, and uh, I would only say that it will improve the economic health of our country uh, to pass the the federal ERA. Yeah. It will improve the economic climate of our state to pass the ERA. Mm -hmm. Some people say, well, I want to pass the ERA because it's the right thing to do. Well, yes, it is the right thing to do, and it's way past time. So we need the activists to get activated and do the work because this work will not do itself. We've yeah. seen that, uh, that the air went out of the bubble for a long time. The air is back in the bubble. And now we need everybody to, to push it over. I, uh, one thing I say is that at, we're so close. We are so close. We've been pushing this boulder uphill for 100 years. And we're nearly to the top. And the closer we get, the steeper the climb. Mm -hmm. But help us that last bit, yeah. and we'll make it happen. This conversation on the ERA was really informative to me. And I'm so grateful for um, 
being able to speak with the organizers and get to know a little bit about the work that's happening here and to just kind of understand what the history and the context for these movements are that are that we're seeing out of the Capitol this year. I'm a big believer that movement reporting needs to have really deep context and we need to know the histories of our movements, the coalitions we're building, the connections. And, you know, this conversation was just one example of trying to provide that context. Um, so, you know, that's all for today, folks. Um, just a few reminders before we go. Uh, as as I've said before, we've launched a new newsletter, Rizoma, and we would love for you to sus subscribe um, every Friday, at least as many Fridays as I can, again, keep my head above water with just how busy things have been out of the session this year. Um, you'll get a link to the podcast as well as other projects and announcements from the Journalism of Color Training Center. You can check that out at journalismofcolor.com. Um, you'll also see some other announcements on some free and pay-what-you-can resources um, that we've got going on right now. We're also looking for applicants for a paid community journalism fellowship as we finalize um, and kind of assess our trainings and curriculum um, pre a textbook getting published in a couple of years. Third, uh, we are absolutely, um, you know, we're, we're looking for supporters of this podcast and we want to hear from you. What is it that you want to see on this show? So please, you know, feel free to email me um, at radicalnewsradiohour at gmail.com and let me know what you want to hear, what's going on in your world. We would love to be able to, you know, make this a community space. Um, please know a transcription of this episode will be available ASAP at journalismofcolor.com, and you can check out the show notes for any links mentioned in the episode and more. I want to thank Manny Mestas for the opening and closing theme music for the podcast. Thanks to JT Pinther and Katie DeSalle for the logo and social media images currently being used by the Journalism of Color Training Center, including this project. Um, thanks to Anita Fernandez and the Chicano Center for teaching and organizing for fiscally sponsoring the Journalism of Color Training Center, of which this podcast is a project. Um, and just a reminder, you can find us online at Facebook at the Radical News Radio Hour, on Twitter and Mastodon at C. Miriam, and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, just a last reminder, we love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts on the current legislative session, feel free to leave us a voicemail at 612-424-1743. Uh, we can also be reached at radicalnewsradiohour at gmail.com or info at journalismofcolor.com if you want to reach us and, you know, share any feedback. For now, peace out. <laughs>